Welcome, David Grant. Uh, thank you very much for um, having me, um, and thank you to uh, to your readers uh, for uh, reading Mount Terminus and um, giving me this forum. Oh, thank yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of fun, isn't it, to have a a, a dedicated audience, a couple hundred people that have all come together to do this. It's like a like a small version of a big read. Yeah, um, you're right. I'm I'm trying to imagine faces out in the crowd right now. Uh, and yeah. Yes, it's uh, it, it, it's wonderful to know um, that all of this concentrated energy is going to be focused on the book. So let's uh, let's start by talking a little bit about what kind of book it is. Um, it's a historical novel. It's a Californian novel. It's a Gothic novel. It's a it's a lot of different kinds of things. How how did you think of it generically? Um, well, I, I I think all of those terms do apply. Uh, I it's very hard for me to to categorize this book, um, and I think other critics have had a difficult time categorizing it. Uh, I know that Carolyn Kellogg called it a Southern California Gothic, um, which I mm -hmm. think is is appropriate. Uh, one of the first things I knew when I started the book, I wanted it to um, to resemble. The, the, I wanted the structure to resemble a building's roman. Um, mm -hmm. So in each in each of the in each of the um, in each section, um, I wanted to show uh, a, a period of Bloom's growth um, and how he developed as a um, as an artist. Yeah, as a boy growing into a man, but also um, as an artist. Yeah, uh, and I, I want to get back to that in a minute. But first, can we talk about it as a historical novel for a minute? Um, all of your novels are set in a set earlier in the in the twentieth century. Is that right? Well, um, my first novel, Laos, uh, was set in what I guess is you know the nineteen. 70s, but it could be in the present. All of my right. novels have a, you know, that, and then the disappearing the body is, you know, perhaps in the 1930s. None of, none of the time periods are clearly uh, demarcated <laughs> in, in any of these right. novels. Um, I never specifically address them, but I do give you know, many clues and the details as to where to place these, uh, these stories. Um, so yeah, and in this case, in this case, it's the Great War, right? Is the is the obvious marker, right? And I thought I think also um, the um, you know the, the open landscape of, of Los Angeles as well. Um, but I, I mean, I I, del I deliberately um, you know didn't mention a time period uh, because I wanted the I wanted time itself to. Um, you know, I wanted the reader to experience time in such a way that uh, they, they're kind of floating through it along with, the, with, with Bloom's growth. Which is kind of the way we exist in time, frankly, isn't it? Yes, I th especially um, uh, when we are recalling memories um, of the past. And so, th uh, this although it's some of these people like uh, Gottlieb, the, the, the filmmaker, uh, seem like they have historical reference. None of them actually do, right? No, none of them do. Um, you know, I think that they're all composites of uh, figures I, I read about at one point or another in my research. Um, but I, I, for the life of me, I wouldn't be able to uh, <laughs> these days, uh, you know, assign any 
um, historical figures uh, to, to any one particular character, possibly with the exception of, of Simon, uh, Bloom's brother, uh, who, um, you know, I mean, I, I was very interested in, in Mulholland's story. And there are aspects of, uh, of Simon's storyline um, that you can maybe match up to Mulholland a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and what about place? Is that similarly both real and uh, and and completely uh, divorced from its uh, reference? Uh, yes, I mean, I for for many years I've I've been wanting to write a a novel about Los Angeles. Um, I, I I grew up in L.A. and um, you know I mean I. I I lived all over the city, the east side and the west side, um, and I had you know, many, I had many different experiences that that informed my life uh, from Los Angeles, and um, I, I just, you know, I, I I couldn't somehow organize the the geography of the city to to fit my experiences. Um, and so what I did was um, I, you know, I, I ended up sort of shrinking the geography of the city, at least in my imagination. I think it becomes expansive, I hope, in the reader's mind. I think the, the, de- I think the details begin to um, accumulate in such a way that the, the, the landscape and, um, and especially the, the estate on Mount Terminus um, be- begins to grow. Um, exponentially. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's very large actually. In in my in my reading, of it, it was a it was a very it was a big map and uh, and in fact, parts of it felt too wide open even for the unbuilt Los Angeles. And I, and I started thinking I was up near Santa Barbara somewhere. Is that uh, make that up? Is that where you imagined it in Santa Barbara? That's... I kind of I kind of did somehow. I don't know. It's farther north than than L.A. itself. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of a, it's a bit of a Rorschach test, I think, for, for many people. Um, <laughs> this is the first I've gotten, this is the first Santa Barbara I've gotten. Um, usually people imagine the Hollywood Hills or maybe the Palisades. Or, you know, mm. it, I, everyone seems to have, uh, seems to locate this area in their mind in a, in a different way. So I haven't just exposed something horrible about my un- my unconscious by saying that Santa Barbara. <laughs> I, I, I hope. <laughs> right. Uh, and is there is there a relationship between Mount Terminus and Mount Olympus, LA's Mount Olympus? No, I I I think I came up with that quite literally. You know, it just it being the mm. end point of um, you know of, of manifest destiny. So I, I, I didn't make any um, deliberate association in the same way I didn't. There, there's, no, um, the, there's no parallel between um, Bloom and, you know, Joyce's uh, Ulysses, Leopold Bloom. <laughs> um, there is not. Huh? There, well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I, I did want to ask you one more geogra- geography question, which is Santa Inez, the island. Is that, uh, does that have a, a, an actual reference or is that just one of the Channel Islands of some kind? It's my fictitious Channel Island. Um, okay. I, I think, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think in my mind it was, it was modeled um, on, on Catalina. Um, let's talk about the names. Um, you know, there's a there's a at one point the, there's a, a man named Claude Strauss who shows up, um, and there's somebody named Levy that shows up on the same page, right? So, and I, I assume you're having a little fun with Claude Levy Strauss there, um, but uh, you're saying that the name Bloom doesn't doesn't have any right. I, I ju- yeah. I mean, I I really um, I. 
I came up with the name Rosenblum first, and I realized I needed some kind of diminutive for his father to call him, and then I shortened it to Bloom, um, fully realizing what I was stepping into. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, the, perhaps I'm maybe making a small nod to Joyce when Bloom visits uh, the island and is sketching, um, uh, is, is, is making his sketches of Odysseus in the cave, but um, beyond mm. that, I can't think of a conscious uh, connection. That, that there was no intent to um, to pay homage to Joyce. Well, there is something. You know, there's there there are other relations to um, to to Joyce. Obviously, the kind of portrait of the artist, the the buildings were of an art, artist, right? Uh, is a little Joycean, um, but. Um, and and it, and it is a kind of interesting thing to ask of a reader, right? Just if you called somebody Emma Bovary, um, you would people would need to think about Emma Bovary, and I, and I think maybe we need to think about Joyce a little bit as we read this. Right. Well, yeah. I I I think um, I I mean I, I I teach a little bit of Joyce uh, every semester with my with my undergraduates. Um, you know, maybe I I unconsciously. Um, you know, worked a little bit of uh, of Joyce's magic into into the book. Um, uh, I, I I'm often uh, I often concentrate some effort on on his prose style. Um, I mainly mm-hmm. teach I mainly teach the dead um, and have my students looking closely at uh, at the transitions, uh, the point of view transitions in the dead, uh, the the unthawing of uh, of Gabriel Conroy, but I. You know, I'm I'm not a Joyce scholar. I wouldn't even say I'm necessarily a Joyce enthusiast. I appreciate him a great deal for his uh, his innovations, um, but um, I my uh, my background is mostly in um, Russian literature. I I did a degree at UCLA in Russian language and literature, and spent some time as a student uh, in in Saint Petersburg, uh, and so. I, I think those influences tend to work on me a little bit more um, than, than writers like Joyce. But I guess the other, the, the one last J- Joyce idea, I, I, I'm thinking about Bloom, your, your Bloom. Yes. Um, and, uh, and Joyce's Bloom, they're both kind of uh, have more desire for kind of human interaction than they're completely capable of. Um, they kind of fail to make the, the, all of the connections they would like to make. Bloom, your bloom is is uh, almost somewhere on the autism spectrum, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he most he's he's definitely a, a passive character, and I, I can see how one would draw that conclusion. Um, <laughs> and that was it. It was very deliberate on my part. I, um, you know, I conceived of my bloom. Um, in the earliest stages of this novel, as uh, as a boy who is um, is very comfortable in in silence um, and ex- exploring the depths of his own his own mind um, and being at one with nature, uh, the re- the reason for that was I was trying to create a a, a 
deep, intimate connection with the um, the emerging world of silent film. So I, I, I wanted, so I want, I wanted, I wanted his character to, um, you know, to resemble in many ways a, a, a silent motion picture. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I did not did not put that together. I, I was starting to think that maybe he was, uh, you know, kind of a, a Candide figure too, kind of. Uh, yeah, I, I did want him to be a little bit hapless because he, you know, he, he does spend a great, <laughs> a great deal of time isolated on that mountain with a, you know, with a pretty um, taciturn father. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you something, you know, when, as I was writing, when I, um, you know, when I started to introduce characters, uh, you know, into that environment, I found that the more talkative they were, the, 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 the less the 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 narratives um, function. So I mean that's why he ended up with his um, you know his mute companion, Roya, <laughs> and um, the you know the the other the, the cook um, is is often off stage most of the time. Um, so I, I I was really trying to uh, acclimate the reader to this uh, to this silent world of blooms. And obviously you you have a you have a um... Uh, an affection for silent film as a form. Yes, I do. One of the things that's interesting, I mean, about uh, silent film is how to kind of uh, represent affect, how to re- represent emotion, uh, without without having recourse to speech, without people being able to explain what they're feeling. Um, and it's and uh, you know, I, I said something about uh, Bloom being on the autism spectrum, but he's instead of this autistic inability to relate, being somehow related to an absence of affect. His is related to somehow feeling too much, right? Feeling too strongly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so, and I think that's why, um, as the you know, as civilization kind of creeps up, um, you know, the, the, the sides of Mount Terminus, um, he, you know, his 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 normalcy, whatever he, you know, whatever baseline. Um, Normal is for Bloom. Um, it, it it's interrupted, uh, and he 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 is thrown off. Um, so yes, I mean I, I I do think he I mean I do think he is a is a feeling uh, character, most most definitely. Uh, and 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 he um, he's really comfortable with people who don't ask anything of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, uh, he I I, I think. Um, I, I th- think that's probably true. Um, I, I I did want him to be treated as uh, you know as the artiste, I guess. Um, oh, and um, the arrival of Simon um, allows for that. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, as as you said, I mean, I I do think there is a little bit of candy built into um, into Bloom's character. Uh, you know, something pops up, and there he goes. You know, he's he's kind of along for the ride. He's not really equipped, um, you know, to deal with complex decision making. Yeah, right. Um, and and the, and the solitude, of course, that he loves, the solitude that he that he grows up with. Um, the the kind of uh, you said an unresponsive father, um, is both his problem and his refuge and his and um, and the fantasy that the book kind of deals in, right? Yes. That somehow we, we could be alone. 
Yeah. Um, again, that that um, that goes to uh, you know. I as I said, I I I, I wanted him very comfortable um, living an isolated, alienated life. Um, I didn't want him. I didn't want that to be his uh, his um, primary complication, if you will. You know, at the, at, there's another powerful fantasy at the center of the novel um, in, in my reading of it. This is probably a Rorschach test, too. But the boy with the, the inadequate father, the, the kind of missing father, the unresponsive father, keeps getting through the course of the novel substitute fathers that are thrown at him, all of whom offer him some kind of, you know, replacement therapy or, or something. Right? Simon is one, Gottlieb, Gus, even Stern. Right. They all fail finally, but it, it, as each arrives, they're all kind of offering this uh, substitute father role with sometimes with really uncanny precision and, and prescience on their part. They're just really good at answering this need that he's not even aware that he has. Yes, I mean, I well, I mean, to be fair to Bloom, he did seek out Godlieb's attention. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, you know yeah. that that is one of the moments where he he is active, um, and 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 you're but you're absolutely right, Gottlieb. Um, he he plays the uh, the role of guardian or um, you know both guardian and mentor, um, wisdom keeper, <laughs> and um, and then you know Gus as well, who seems to be a little bit more worldly in general, um, you know, steps in. Uh, to, to guide Bloom's hand and exercise Simon's will at times. And uh, and the mothers uh, show up in the same way, right? Meralda even calls him Miho. Yes, I mean, um, yeah. So Meralda is the is certainly the, the substitute mother figure. Um, and uh, and I yeah, I I'm, I can't think of any others. Um, uh, oh no! Um, I, I I think um, Estella probably as well in in her own way uh, is yeah, a bit I maternal. Think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of brings us back to um, you know I mean I wouldn't necessarily classify Bloom as a holy fool, but I but I, I'm I'm very much attracted to those types of figures who um, you know who who just kind of uh, you know who who are guided by the hand by these. Um, you know, by by the supporting cast uh, and uh, move along uh, w- without too much effort, <laughs> too much complication. Um, yeah, D- D- Dostoevsky. Right, um, and I and I think in, maybe maybe that happened in part because uh, I I never wanted the you know the nature of the um, the the lyrical writing and the lyrical the lyrical setting to be disrupted in this novel, um, I, I I very much was uh, invested in having the the landscape grow around Bloom, and I wanted that to have a a certain rhythm and texture. Mm. Well, it gets disrupted in a fairly large way. Yes. Uh, well, some, until yes, yes until <laughs> that happened, you know, until the you know until the land yeah. is. Um, uh, is damaged um, by, right. by all of the development. In uh, early on, as I was reading, um, and the you know solitude emerged very early as a as a major theme, um, and it seemed at first that it was being solitude was being justified, if that's the right term. 
you know, by by his reading, for instance, right? He, he read everything in the in the in the library, and his reading and his artistic production kind of makes the solitude make sense. Is that yes. fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's also much deeper than that, right? It's finally not a utilitarian argument. Um, there's some kind of deep philosophical pessimism uh, that's part of this too. Maybe this is Russian um, <laughs> literature as well at work. Um, is that is that fair to say? Um, I, I don't know. Is it? Is it? I'm not quite sure. I understand what you mean. How how do you how do you define this pessimism exactly? I well, mean, I, I I guess I'm I, what I I see the this kind of uh, the way in which um, every human relationship finally ends in betrayal. The great loves just foment greater betrayals. The, 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 um, the attempts at art sometimes do something, but not that much to alleviate anybody's anxiety or suffering, uh, discomfort. The, the, um, that you can you can have great um, progressive schemes for bringing water to the desert and building, and it's just all kind of not really a good idea in the, in the end analysis, <laughs> right? Is that right? I guess that's what I'm. That's that, what well, I'm I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I I, I I I completely understand your 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 reading of that. You see, from my point of view, um, uh, I was just very much interested in um, in in the cycle of this family's story um, you know the, 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 I think there's a there's a generation um, re- repeating some of the mistakes of the past um, and you know I'm, I'm talking about Bloom's relationship to Simon and uh, his father's relationship to to the twin sisters. So I mean that's that was sort of what I had in mind in terms of uh, you know these uh, these great the, the great love gone wrong. Um, I, I no doubt the you know the the ending of the novel um, it, it is a deep dip into that pessimism. But yet I I mean I like to think that I I ended it uh, on a hopeful note. <laughs> well uh, yes yeah. yes we don't want, we, I think we don't want to we don't want to do any spoilers right right yet just in case people haven't quite finished so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll I, I I agree though there <laughs> is there is hope at the end there's no question um, and uh, in a kind of very classic way but um, but in the in the meantime I, the it seems impossible for us uh, as we as we read this and identify it's, it seems impossible that we won't repeat the past. Um, what are our parents our parents uh, sins we, we we don't just revisit them we repeat them well I know that I certainly live in fear of uh, you know getting on to that cycle of eternal returns um, <laughs> you know of repeating past mistakes um, and maybe you're hitting on something um, you know maybe you're tapping into my psychological profile a little bit yeah oh sorry excuse me <laughs> I guess we don't know each other well enough to do that. I, I apologize. Yeah, I mean, if you you know if you go back and read all of my work, it it, it is very much um, it, it's obsessed with fathers, and um, you know I I, I have a very uh, complicated relationship with uh, with my own father, and I, I mean I'm not going to 
you know, discuss that at length. I'm just saying that yeah. <laughs> I, I know that it's a it's a preoccupation of mine. It's um it's something that uh, that that recurs in in all of my writing. Has has your father read your books? Oh, I, I have no idea. Um, we've been estranged okay. for over thirty five years now. I think. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And so and so you have you really don't you don't know whether he has or not. I will say that in the for the earlier books the. Um, Every review I looked at um, referenced Kafka, um, but and 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 I think that that uh, Kafka has not been coming up with this book, in part because of all of the lush historical detail, all the lush um, physicality of it. Right. Um, um, so even if there's something stark about, um, oh, I guess the view of um, human duplicity um, or. The eternal return um, about the impossibility of anything except despair. It's uh, it's more like Poe this time than Kafka. It uh, is a little bit more gothic. Yes, um, I mean I think that all of my work has a little bit of a gothic tinge, um, and I think my first two novels, I think Laos and the Disappearing Body. Um, the, I, I I'm not sure, you know. I, I, I understand the the the, um, the Kafka reference um, to Laos. The, the, that story is uh, is very much um, uh, it, it hinges on a, a certain amount of uh, uncertainty. Um, yes. In, in you know yeah. in sort of the moment to moment experience of, of the reading. I'm, I'm not sure how how I'm not quite sure how it exactly applies. Maybe you know to to the disappearing body, which is. Um, I think more like a, a Robert Altman film than it is, um, you know, uh, anything, yeah, clo- anything exactly. close to Kafka. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's peopled with fifty some odd characters and has um, uh, many different storylines going. I mean, it does it doesn't resemble anything Kafka ever wrote. So I'm not quite sure how that that came up. Um, and uh, Mount Terminus uh, was was a was a big departure for me from from the previous work. Um, I, I really didn't know how to write a, a, a lyrical novel um, of this nature, um, which is probably why it took me so long to write. <laughs> there was a steep learning yeah, curve. And, and I started by asking you about, about genre, um, in part because I, uh, Laos, Laos does have a, a feel um, of, uh, of, of a kind of Kafka-esque, I suppose, um, novel of paranoia and set in a in a in a time that's it doesn't matter what the time is uh, but it also has a slight feel of a almost a science fiction novel it has a it has a it has a, a um there there are, you you get little glimpses of different genres as you go along um but the disappearing body um is more so a, 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 a it's to me it seemed to me a, a, a genre pastiche and then mount terminus is full-blown genre pastiche there's generational saga buildings roman as you said historical novel adventure novel gothic western supernatural tale uh, it, it's um it seems to partake of all of these things i'm assuming that you did that on purpose but i'm not sure what um is that- yeah i mean i think I, I i mean i did it on purpose insofar as um you know all of those genres you mentioned i i love <laughs> and um you know and i read and i um uh you know i mean i i, I don't sit down and write with uh, with any particular idea or um um uh, 
form in mind. It, it just kind of shapes itself based on the, um, uh, the character's perception of the world. So, I, you know, it's like, I, you know, the, the first thing that, that um, the first thing to arrive, the first person to arrive was, uh, was Bloom, and, you know, I, he, he kind of directed me <laughs> in, in my choices along the way. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly a writer who is, uh, um, is, is interested in form and, and, and creating that pastiche to, uh, you know, to create what I hope is, uh, is original. Um, you know, I, mean, I, I just want to you know, put that out there for, for yeah. the readers that I'm, yeah. you know, that I, I mean, I, 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 grow, I go to great pains, I think, to, you know, to invent something new. Um, it's obviously it's cobbled together <laughs> with, uh, with, you know, with a lot of recognizable forms, but I hope that the, the, um, the overall melding of, um, of those forms uh, makes something new and unusual. Oh yeah, I, I think absolutely. I mean, it's a, it, whether it's a, an accidental postmodernism or a or a, a postmodernism that's built out of Bloom's character because he d is a, a kid who builds his sense of the world from books rather than from experience. Right. Right. In the first part of his life. So, uh, in, in, but in either case, yeah. Um, uh, when I'm when I'm talking about these different um, genre elements, uh, it's a kind of second order um, analytic uh, response rather than. <laughs> My response as I'm reading it, as I'm reading it, it's a, it's it's got a it's got a, a stylistic unity and a and a, and a right. And a, I a, I think what I'm trying to say is that I'm I'm very much an intuitive writer. Um, I just mm -hmm. I'm just you know I I'm just following the last line that came you know that the last line I wrote and, and then I'm off to the next <laughs> one and uh, you know and when it when it doesn't arrive I, I sit and I pace and I wait for it to come to me. Uh, so I'm I'm very much kind of going by by my gut my gut is driving me through um, the experience of writing the novel and I think that's been the case with all of my books you know it's like I, I mentioned earlier that I um, that I teach at a university uh, and um, you know it's like the, the the writers the writers mind and the teachers mind um, as I'm sure you experience when mm -hmm. you know when you're writing yourself uh, or you know that you know that there those those two those two minds the you know the writer the teacher the editor they 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 occupy three completely different compartments um so you know it's like I'm, i i always find myself teaching my students things that i you know that i've either never done myself and probably will never attempt to do <laughs> um because you know yes. I'm, I'm attracted to writing that's uh, so unlike what i what i do on the page and giving them rules to follow that you don't actually follow yourself. Oh yeah, of course, always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, do you, you want to weigh in on the on the question of whether writing can be taught? Um, I I think, um, you know, that's a. I've, I've been teaching writing for for many many years, um, with the attitude that writing can't be taught. <laughs> I mean, I, mm -hmm. I no, I mean, I I think it. It, it, it's, oh, it's such a complex question. Um, I think close reading can be taught. I think providing students with um, masterful models, dissecting them, trying to figure out how they work, and then asking them to, uh, you know, to do more than just be inspired by those, um, you know, those, those forms. Um, 
know, it, it, that certainly can be done. So, I mean, yes, I think that I can teach students how to read carefully. Um, I can teach them how to steal properly, um, how to, um, you know, to assimilate forms. And, um, and then I think there is that, that special thing that, um, you know, that a writer has or doesn't have. And, um, you know, that's, you know, some mixture of, uh, of drive and, um, and, and a unique perspective on the world and, and sometimes just a, a unique life experience. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I have no, <laughs> I, I have no formula for this. All, all I know is that I've seen, um, ambitious young people come into my classrooms and, uh, who have, um, sometimes they are extremely well read. Sometimes they're not as well read and they leave, um, as improved writers oftentimes go on to get published. Um, I, I think a big part of, uh, of the teaching, teaching, I think a big part of teaching writing has to do with building community, um, building up confidence mm-hmm. and, um, and also just you know teaching teaching young people and older people um, you know the the kind of discipline that it takes um, and uh, the kind of uh, self awareness self reflection um, uh, that and it there takes. are elements of craft that uh, that can be oh absolutely uh, yeah I mean that goes yeah. without saying that's what I mean by you know by close mm-hmm. reading which which basically means that I introduce them to all of my you know favorite books. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and um, um, and then you know forms of writing that I that I just admire that I you know there that there is um, you know there's still a lot of writing out there that I that I admire and, as, and aspire to recreate in my own way. You know, here's here's something I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you, um, and um, I can imagine that you've got a, a whole bunch of different answers to it you can give me a, several or, or 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 just one but i i felt like you don't care about plot that much and it's not because there's no plot in this book and there's no plot in the other books there's actually an enormous amount of plot in this and a lot enormous amount of plot in the disappearing body um but kind of like like chandler um the the plot is um is a is a is a driving force but it doesn't seem to be the point ever. Is that fair to say? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm much more interested. I think that. Well, I, I do think that's that's fair to say. I think that the you know, uh, to be honest, I can't even remember if uh, you know how well plotted the disappearing body is. I know that it you know it does have a ton of story in it, but yeah. But my, I think I'm I'm generally more interested in maintain in maintaining the. Um, the, the 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 tension like the line by line tension um, in the writing itself um, and 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 I'm, but I, I'm also concerned with uh, um, you know character development um, and expanding the world I'm very concerned with uh, with with atmosphere with the atmospherics and the setting of um, yeah. of novels I, I I would probably say that that is um, uh, maybe that's my primary interest when I'm writing, um, you know, creating that kind of moody atmosphere, which I think uh, does apply to all three of the novels. Um, yeah, I very much felt that, and 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 the plot is plot is necessary to get 
your reader into the atmosphere, right? I mean, things have to happen in order to build that atmosphere. But that's yeah. what plot is for, in a sense. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much, cons- I, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in the way that, uh, you know, the exterior details um, inform the interior life of my characters, I think. Mm. Tell me, what's, uh, what's next? Um, I do have a, uh, a new book in the works and, um, I, I think I'm a little reluctant to, you know, to give it away just yet. I think it needs uh, some time to, to gestate within me before uh, I release it out to the world. Um, right. I, I almost feel, you know, every, whenever I, um, in the past, whenever I've, I've talked about ongoing projects, I, I always feel that, you know, it jinxes them somehow. So um, I, I, I have to let the stories and the characters kind of, you know, build up within me and put them on the page. If I start uh, you know, giving even the, the tiniest thing away, uh, I, I, then, then I just don't want to sit down and write. Uh, interesting. Okay. So I, I, I won't push that one. <laughs> okay. um, there, there, there is, uh, there's, you know, there are slow writers and there are fast writers and you're on the, you're on the slow writer end of things. I used right? to be you fast. Don't... Right? <laughs> and then I slowed down. Oh. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I produced uh, Laos in a you know respectable two and a half years, three years, um, disappearing body about the same amount of time, and then um, you know Mount Terminus came along, and I just uh, um, you know I, I was uh, I, I was I just found myself. Trying when I when I tried to rush ahead, um, the, the the pages I produced were useless. Um, I I really needed to kind of wait around for that next image to present itself, or um, you know Bloom's next thought or motivation to present itself. So yeah, that's that's what I was wondering. Is it is it about um, is it about uh, letting the story develop, or is it about the actual um, writing itself? I think you said in an interview somewhere that you that you write a you write uh, several pages and then you, um, you know, beat them down into a paragraph and then you write several more pages and do the same. Right. That's, um, that's, that's how I, pro- that's how I produce this book. Um, in the, in the past, I, I would do what most writers do. I would sit down and pound out an entire draft without looking back um, and, and then revise many, many, many times. Um, but this book, I, I just, I could not move ahead until that next line, that next paragraph was what I considered to be sound. Um, and so, and that, yes, I, I would write, um, you know, four or five pages, um, a day, and then I would spend the next couple of days whittling it down to a paragraph or two. And that just went on for years. (laughs) Uh, you know, and then there, of course, there are always those, um, you know, those detours uh, writers take, and they realize, oh, that was the wrong way to go. <laughs> you know, and then I would have to kind of go back. Uh, and then there was the process of, uh, you know, once I got to the end of this, revising from beginning to end and making sure all of the, uh, all of the pieces attached properly. Okay. Let- uh, to to kind of uh, uh, finish up here, um, is there is there anything um, that you had hoped reviewers or interviewers would would uh, get that has not been gotten, or that that uh, any any questions that you wanted to be asked that you haven't been asked? Um, oh, that's a good that's a good question, and I'm not sure I have um, 
you know, an answer for you. I, I, I've been very, I've been mostly pleased with, um, with the response to the book, and um, and I've been, and oftentimes have learned things uh, from critics uh, that I, you know, that I didn't realize <laughs> about myself or about or about the novels. I think some some um, very smart, serious people have uh, have engaged the novel um, and have, have thought about it, um, you know, quite well. So um, I've been. Very happy with the uh, the thoughtful responses I've got from um, you know from critics and uh, and editors, people like yourself. Well, great. Well, let's see. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, putting this up on, uh, on on the Facebook page, and then people will be um, sending you some questions uh, uh, through through Facebook, and we'll see. Uh, maybe they'll come up with some from some new stuff as well. Yeah, um, that's that's the other thing. Um, you know, I did a lot of. Uh, you know these public events. Um, I, I mean, I always get questions that um, that that I've just never thought about before, um, uh, mm. including questions from um, your colleague uh, Colin Marshall. He had a, a whole litany of wonderful questions for me, um, questions that I'd never been asked before, and questions I occasionally had a difficult time answering because. <laughs> I was uh-huh. <laughs> I was certainly doing um, you know uh, doing things in in the novel that I think I I wasn't even aware of you know that does happen you know I, I we're not always in control of our of our faculties as we sit down and write oh yeah of course <laughs> that's 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 the beauty part all right well thank you so much and uh, thank you again to um, to the LA Review of Books book club.